So have you been? How's things? Good, good. Slowly, you know, we have the, the this big thing, Chrome Dev Summit coming up. So oh, yeah. And I'm yeah. currently uh, in books for a couple too many talks. A couple too many talks. Uh, yeah, uh, I, think, I think I'm at five. How many? Five? I think I've been penciled in for five, so <laughs> I need to redistribute a bit between people. <laughs> what, what's your, what, what are your talks? So we have our talk, which is Squoosh. Yes, it's Squoosh. There is yeah. two talks about web app architecture that I'm sharing with Paul Lewis. Oh, excellent. There's an off-main thread talk that I'm sharing with Jason Miller. Oh. And there's a Houdini talk. Houdini. There used to be two Houdini talks. I think it's now one. one. This whole thing is. That's a lot, man. Yeah, I, so I don't I, feel so bad now. <laughs> um, well, you're MCing, so you get that going for ah, it. Yeah, is yeah. it a secret? Did I just leak? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I managed to miss it last year by uh, conveniently being on holiday and had to write zero talks for Chrome Dev Summit. And do you know what? I loved it. But well, they changed the dates last year. So, but yeah, how was the FOMO? Um, yeah. There was some FOMO, right? There was some FOMO. I really, I did miss it, actually. I, really I think I think it's like it's automated. If you're there, you're like I could use, could really do without it. And when you're not there, you're like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I was crying into my. I was just confused. I was like, I was at EU. I'm fine. I don't need to go. And then it happened. I was like, oh yeah. All all my friends. Yeah, <laughs> I thought. Well, I I was a, a I went to a conference uh, last week. I went to uh, Front and Conf in Zurich. That was, that was you exciting. Had the good chocolate, didn't you? I did have the good chocolate. Um, I I don't know if there's a special. Because it, it, they speak Swiss German there, right? Well, they speak lots of languages, but yes. the, the, the German is a variant of German. They, they, if you don't tell them to speak the the High German, they will do Swiss German. High German. It's High German. Well, there's a <laughs> <laughs> the state in that, isn't there? I like that. No, Low German. You're Low German. That's it. <laughs> Not proper German. I, I was uh, having breakfast at the hotel, and a group of businessmen sort of convened at the table next to me. And I'm sure it was just my hearing, but I'm sure they all kind of introduced themselves by going, Morgan Freeman, Morgan Freeman, Morgan Freeman. <laughs> I mean, maybe he is like the state's official something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe they were asking each other, because these were all old white guys. So it could be like, Morgan Freeman, no. Mo Morgan Freeman, also no. OK. Well, I'll keep looking. Hang on, are you Morgan Freeman? No. Well, that's that dealt with. Now let's have breakfast. And then Morgan Freeman, <laughs> two floors, I think. They didn't find him. Narrating <laughs> <laughs> the scenery. You just see him sneaking out in the background. <laughs> yeah, they didn't find me. <laughs> yeah, so I, so so I did how that. How about you? Uh, well, how yeah. did, that, did that, that conference go? No, it was exciting. It was like they asked for a, specifically for an old talk of mine. It was really weird, sort of. Um, Bringing out a talk from I uh, didn't care about the event loop, right? I was <laughs> I was really upset. Well, the the, the talk was a, the conference was a mixture of designers and developers. So I think the the talk that I was doing, which was kind of intro to offline first and service worker, was oh. probably a better fit, I guess. But it was weird dusting off an old talk um, written in your old slide framework, I presume. Old slide framework, yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to go back to that, <laughs> but it was nice going through all the code examples and switching them from promises to async functions. Oh yeah, that makes a hell of a difference. So much difference. Like the the lines of code didn't frequently change, uh, but just the tidiness of it. Just so visually less noisy, right? Yeah, and it was even a couple. I had a couple of notes where I'd, I'd written down, so I'm sorry, uh, this code is really messy, but it's just boilerplate. And I was like deleting those lines because like it's not messy, it's great. Look, <laughs> it's just. I find it really interesting because we had like at first we had callback hell mm. in JavaScript land, and then we went to promise and like, wow, we can at least keep the indentation level at a you know pretty low now. Yeah. But even though it's more noisy, and now I kind of 
don't even appreciate async await for the simplicity that it brings anymore because I'm so used to it. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like, it's lovely. It's, and you're like, oh, it still promises under the hood. I can still go back to dot then if I have to. Yeah. But it's so nice. It's so, so nice. But it was a talk like um uh, so Vitley, as in from off of Smashing Mag, ah. he, he gave a talk. Um and he was talking about sort of techniques uh for you know making pages load faster, pages mm. smoother, that sort of thing. And he talked about leptin. Um, like an iced tea? Like the iced tea, I imagine. Um <laughs> but this was a this is a thing created by Dropbox. Okay. And what it is, it's a repackaging of JPEG, mm. entirely lossless repackaging of JPEG that shaves off about like. So when you would say repackaging, it's an image that's already been lossfully compressed to JPEG. And yep. then this thing does another <laughs> thing that doesn't decrease quality any further, but makes the file smaller. Yeah, it can get back okay. it can get back to the original JPEG, like including all metadata and Oh, but it everything. doesn't spit out just JPEG. It's a no. new format. It's a new format. Uh, but it's Interesting. it's like twenty two percent smaller, hmm. so in average. Okay, which I I found fascinating. I just I never heard of this. I think they released this in twenty sixteen. <laughs> For some reason, in this conference, I was living in twenty sixteen. <laughs> that was what was happening. <laughs> I was speaking my old slides twenty sixteen. I was finding out about things from twenty sixteen. Mm -hmm. It was really exciting. Um, but yeah, they're using they use arithmetic coding. Okay. Um, I think specifically they use the the techniques from VP eight or VP nine. Okay. Uh, one of those two. I think it's VP eight. Um, because I only found out recently, because uh, we've been looking at image compression stuff, turns out that there's in the JPEG standard, it has it allows this thing called arithmetic coding. Okay. Um, so I was like, oh, I've never heard okay. of that before. Is, is it feasible to give a TLDR on that? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> what it is, it's different. Oh, to it's Huffman encoding, okay. it's a different way of doing it. It's black magic. Which is better. <laughs> and how that happens would depend on me knowing you how Huffman coding works. Getting VC money. <laughs> it's different a lot. All, all the best. Maybe that's the way to address VC money. Like, <laughs> it's different, but better. Yeah, how is it different to your competitors? Oh, it's different and better. Like, what, Sold. what more do you want? I mean, you could just have the same better. I, mean, I don't know how that would work, but, so but the important but the, bit is better. So, so wait, so JPEG already has support for that encoding. Yes, because I, I excitedly went to like, oh, it's, uh, let's find out what this button does or this flag does. And my JPEG just came out smaller. And I was like, pro probably around about 18, 15%, 18% smaller. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that is, that is why is no one excited about this? Uh, and then I found out that no browser can open it. Finder can't open it. Like, nothing I tried could open it. But why? I think there was a patent patent. I can never remember which the correct one is. Patent. Uh, a patent. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I like that. There was a patent uh, on arithmetic coding that oh. I, I think it's expired. Oh, look, it's patent issues. Always great. Exactly. It's, it's expired now, but no browser's bothered. Okay. So anyway, but, but because this is a new format, they can do that. They can do other stuff. And it's how Dropbox stores JPEGs. Like if you put a oh, JPEG so they in just Dropbox. use it for uh, for storage. Yep, and you get of it back. course you want to put in your JPEGs in your Dropbox, and you want to get the exact same file back. Yep, and so they would quite like to save twenty two percent on that on that their That makes a lot of sense. That's interesting. I thought, I thought that was really exciting. So it's not something that's going to come to browsers, I I doubt. So but do you know the same image compressed to JPEG, complete compressed with leptin, compared to one of the newer image formats? Oh, which one that's ends interesting. Up, like, is it still? But what I'm asking, is it still worth pursuing browsers to implement the, the leptin, leptin format? Or is it just like, you know what, that ship has sailed. We're now going to focus on the new image formats, like the AV1 image format 
or similar things. Yeah, it would be interesting to compare it to WebPs of similar size. Yeah. I would, um, yeah, I, and it would be also interesting to see does stuff like progressive loading still work? Uh, oh, or yeah. this packaging that's, that's actually a pretty nice experience every now and then if your JPEG loads progressively instead of like, wait. Exactly, exactly. Um, mm. So another thing I've been trying, I've been giving a go, I've been trying something new in my life. Ooh. I've been uh, trying to pronounce TH correctly. Because <laughs> <laughs> as some people on YouTube have noticed, that, that's a, I don't, it's a typically uh, northern issue, isn't it? Like, um, I mean, I'm, I'm asking as I don't know if it is. I think it. I, 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 to be, I, I mean, think, I, thought, I feel I like think. it's associated with coming from the north. It could be. Yeah, but, um, like because we would know. What is what I think? <laughs> Actually, that was a Cockney accent. I did, whatever. <laughs> no, never mind. Yeah, but it, it's I. So for the people who don't know, because I only learned that after moving here, some people mm. instead of for him for saying think, they pronounce it as. Think, think, and which almost sounds the same. Yeah. And actually, to me, it's mostly inaudible unless I really pay attention to yeah. it. Yeah. But there from, are people on from, YouTube from the who English are will give you a lot of crap for mm, it. Don't they? There's a lot of crap that's come my way for it. I get a lot of people going, "Oh, what is, this guy's talking about the main thread." And I'm like, "Yeah, it's good, thanks, mate." It's, it's, it's actually a speech impediment. Indistinguishable, actually. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, so but, but I've, I've just I found myself doing it by accident, and I just started giving the th a go. Like, I'm not very good at it, so I'd say think, think. I don't know. It sounds pretty good it to seems me. Okay, but could have heard me in school, mate. Was, but well, yeah, but you're coming from a different language, <laughs> so it's kind of understandable. Um, whereas, like, uh, but I, I, you know, so for the rest of the episode, warning, I sometimes forget, so I'll just yeah. go to back changing to your speech habits is super hard. Yeah, sometimes I get excited and use it where it should be an F. <laughs> Or an S, even sometimes. <laughs> That's what I had like when I started <laughs> learning in school, and for some reason the teacher was like, "Soma, you read this passage out loud as practice," and I just put th everywhere. Yeah, just do it. But just every, what, what, so well, just every, go, every S F T H everything was a th to me. It would be like a Shakespeare sonnet, and you just go, <laughs> <laughs> pretty much, just white noise coming out of my mouth. <laughs> I mean, just look smoke. <laughs> Ta-da! I mean, it's arguably better than the German accent where they can't do it. He just go with z. z. Well, that's that would work better for me. I, I can do that. I zinc. Yeah. I I, I, well, why can't we do that? Sounds fine. It I does not. It makes my ears bleed. Is it? <laughs> it would work. Oh, it would work better for me. But I. But yeah, I'm excited about the prospect of being able to like this whole new world that's open to me. Like, I'll be able to discuss the Marvel movie Thor. <laughs> Without extreme confusion. It's like, have you seen the new Thor film? The, the, <laughs> what, what film? The Thor film. Uh, on Channel 4? No, no, the Thor film. <laughs> I've heard of Seven. <laughs> oh, you mean you know, Fast and Furious? The man with the hat. The Fast and the Furious. You see, it's difficult. Seven. seven. Yeah. <laughs> so like talking like Chris Eubank. Right. Yeah, so that's something to. I'm just a warning that, yeah. that I might just start dropping that in as my learning progresses. <laughs> But speaking of image compression, because we've been working on the app, I've been working, or I mean, we have, but I've been looking at mostly, I'd say, on WebAssembly. Ah, yes. Right? We've been working with MScript and looking at the entire C library ecosystem of image compressors, because most of them are written in C or C++. Yes. And so you're like, but I want to use them on the web. And then WebAssembly is like, yes, you can. Great. Which is the, like, Everyone talks about the speed benefits of WASM, yeah. but I, I think we're both in agreement. That yeah. the, one of the, the huge benefits of WASM is that we can just bring these libraries. The entire ecosystem of C is now available on the web. And I yeah. mean, as, if the 
if the compiler started expanding. Now we have Go, which yeah, just shipped and Rust, Rust, and we have right. Rust, which we had yeah. on the very start. And all these things, you can just like, I want to use this on the web. And you just throw it at mscript or whatever the compiler is, get out some WASM. And you can load it on the web, and it's kind of freaky that works. Yeah. We have, I mean, we have seen in the last month like where people, I think they mscripted a emulator and ran Windows 2000 in the browser, and it works yeah. at a decent performance level. And you're like, I wasted a lot of time playing Minesweeper. <laughs> yeah, I really enjoyed it. You no, I don't think phone. the browser works, right? The browser can't work because of cores. <laughs> I think someone got it to work. I mean, it's oh, just it might some, have a proxy or something. Some, some sites worked, but um, the Internet Explorer, which is Internet Explorer 5, I think, on Windows yeah, 2000, doesn't support five, SNI. Five. So no, basically, no SSL SNI. sites work. Yes. And do you know what? There was actually a version of uh, even IE6 that didn't support GZIP. <laughs> and this is a total tangent. So, I mean, is this, is this a thing where you say, oh, HTTPS is evil because you can't access old sites anymore? <laughs> <laughs> well, this would be on HTTP as well. It had, so it was XP before Service Pack 1. Oh, Service Packs. Yeah, before Service Pack 1, it had this bug where if you served it GZIP content, something in the network pipeline would just, get, you know, it would see the response coming through and just go, nope. Yeah, this first 50 bytes here. I'd Stop. quite like to just <laughs> make them disappear. <laughs> so then as soon as it then goes to a you know uh, decoder, a GZIP decoder, it just goes, no, not so GZIP. So this, this is the thing. Like We were building like JavaScript at VPC. I've really just kind of tangented already. <laughs> <laughs> but, we, but we couldn't serve the stuff GZIP because mm. we ran a test. And it was like you know we had like 1% of people stuck with this bug. And it's like, oh, great. Never mind. Sorry. So what did you do? You just disabled GZIP entirely? GZIP, yeah. Disable it wow. until that number went down because there was no way to feature detect it, hmm. other than like loading a JavaScript file and it fails and like maybe going to like selective loading or something. But oh, yeah. That sounds, yeah, that sounds like a lot of non-worthwhile effort. Yeah, we just had to wait until those numbers went down below uh, 0.3 or whatever it was, and then we're like, yep, yeah, doesn't matter anymore. Doesn't matter. Progressive enhancement, it'll be fine. Um, anyway, <laughs> wasm WebAssembly. Um, yeah. and so I did. A couple of articles that fell out while we were working on the image compressor, which is you know st getting started with WebAssembly. Good to WebAssembly. work in those articles. We'll put the links in the show exactly, notes. Exactly. Yeah, yep, just yep. read them all. Yep. Um, and on mBind, so you don't have to write the bindings yourself. All pretty cool. Mm. And consistently, the feedback is, I mean, on the one end, there's people getting super excited about it. But then there's these weird, this weird group of JavaScript haters who are like, yeah, finally, JavaScript is dead. I can now write my entire web app in C and C++. Yeah, like a proper <laughs> adult language. Please don't write anything new in C and C++. Because <laughs> I mean, if you're going to, if you have a legitimate reason to use Wasm for for new code, yeah, you would write it in Rust or Go, right? Something yeah. safe. So there's there's so many facets to this. I think um, on one end, there's some people who draw who obviously haven't looked into it a lot and say, like, oh, WebAssembly will just hack your computer, or, oh, WebAssembly is just like Java mm. applets and Flash all over again. Right. And I mean, it, that's, yeah. let, let's start with that. Let's address <laughs> that. Because so, it's neither of those things. It's not, it's not the replacement for all coding on the web, and it's, nor is it applets. Yeah. So I mean, the first thing with both Flash and Java applets was, like, you got a rectangle on a page. And like, you can do your thing here. Yeah. And it used yeah. the plugin infrastructure of a browser. Yeah. And so these rectangles were under the control of the company developing the plugin. Right. So that would be Sun and or um, Macromedia. Well, uh, yeah. Yeah, it would be Sun back then or, or Macromedia back then. Yeah, yeah, of course. And, and 
they, but they could really do some amazing reflections, and reflection and effects. <laughs> they could also do much more than you might want on your computer. Uh, yes. If yes, you run okay. like full-blown Java or whatever, it was it was iffy. And WebAssembly is different because it's not like necessarily tied to any visual element. It's just background processing, and you can build. You can tie it to a visual thing of your DOM, but you don't have to. Right, yeah. And you also would, you would, to do visual, you would still be going through the regular browser DOM. You would have to use the WASM or mscripten techniques that yeah. lets it root back out into the. You're in control of what gets exposed to yeah. that container. And it's standardized, which is a big, big difference. Yes, absolutely. And it doesn't force, it's not a separate VM. It's just like tied to the JavaScript VM, but it just runs code differently, I guess. Yeah, Simplifying it, here, obviously. It can use tighter types like, yeah. like C does. And uh, yeah. I think even in the spec, the WebAssembly VM language or the WebAssembly file language is strongly typed and actually has an algorithm you can verify the code and what it does without running it. Oh. So there's all these security mechanisms, and you, you're absolutely sandboxed. So in all these aspects make it so different to Flash and Java apples, I think that comparison yeah, really you, isn't fair. If you malloc in, uh, in in WebAssembly, you're getting a you know a portion of a uint eight array that yeah. was passed in from the start. So you can still end up with like overrunning buffers, but only buffers within inside your sandbox. Inside your sandbox. But then there's the people who are like come and yeah, finally adult language, and I'm like, there's two ways we need to talk about this. The first one, let's talk about now, and then talk about the how, how it might look in the future. So right okay. now. There's no way to ditch the JavaScript, because you need the JavaScript to boot up your WebAssembly, load the code, and define what gets exposed and what doesn't. Yep. Right? Yep. And then there's a the question, do you really want to expose everything to the WASM just, just so you can, I had one dude saying, I want to write my web components in C++. And my question is, why? <laughs> so that, because if you're missing types, use TypeScript. Or Yes. Something like that. Because in the WebAssembly still has a considerable amount of overhead that needs to be loaded. Because if you use yep. C++, you need to suddenly compile in the memory management. Because you're working right. back on raw memory, and you need to figure out which memory regions are used and which ones are unused, and where's the stack. And all these things you now need to load all over again every single time, because it's different yeah. from language to language. So you can't just do a generic memory management thing. Yeah, so you, so you would only use WASM if you needed like really strict control over memory, yeah. and you're prepared to take the hit of having to write in Go or Rust for that. Or if you had like a a bit of CPU computationally heavy code, yeah. and really you just you need to, to get squeeze that into out the last bit of performance. Exactly, and I, I kind of I keep thinking of things like image processing effects, yeah. but in a lot of cases it's much more efficient to find a way to put that into WebGL yeah. and get that you know spread across the GPU so much faster than doing it in exactly. CPU even on WASM. And so even then, you still have, like, if you want to write your web components, you have to expose all the bindings that you need. And I don't even want to know how, how hard it is to like, get mm. the lifecycle hooks of a web component into WASM and back out. And yeah. it seems like it doesn't seem worth the effort. Mm. I think. So if, and if we, like, let's pretend we're in the future. We have many languages can be compiled to WASM now, let's assume. Sure. Right? Yep, yep, yep. Do you think that at some point it's be like, OK, you can use JavaScript, but also we now have, you just load a WASM file instead of a JavaScript file, and that gets all the APIs, and you can just do everything in another language? Like you say, the amount of bound, binding effort that's going to be needed. And if you, you know, you're saying, I really want to run Ruby or Python on the web, Python? Python on the web, <laughs> it's, you know, it's going to have to implement all of the garbage collection stuff. Yeah. 
and then it's probably going to be as slow again. It's going to be slower. And a big WASM module. Yeah, it's going well. to be huge. And because it's doing all of the garbage collection stuff at a WASM level rather than a C++ in the browser level, yeah. it's going to be slower than JavaScript, right? I guess. Probably, I don't let's know. say. I guess that's what the future will tell. But mm. I still think it's weird to like be so eager to ditch JavaScript that they yeah, yeah, people yeah. are willing to go through or not understanding how much effort it's actually going to be to ditch JavaScript and use a different language. What I do find interesting, though, that, um, that the name WebAssembly is kind of a misnomer, actually, because it's a completely abstract and generic virtual machine description. It isn't necessarily tied to web. It was written and conceived with that in mind. Oh. But you can basically, you could see it as a JVM done all over, just with more security in mind, more sandboxing in mind. And there have been projects where like, somebody has written an operating system, a microkernel, that runs WebAssembly apps. Oh, interesting. Well, because I, I, like, when you look at a WAST, which I believe is the text format. That's for, for the S expression tree. Yeah. Because it looks kind of assembly-like. It is. It is what it's, is the WebAssembly assembly. Right. It, it, so so I, I can see why they arrived at the name. But you're right. It, it's not just raw assembly because it has to work on ARM. It has to work on. I mean, it, it like, is assembly. What I'm saying, misnomer, it's because it the, it has the word web in the name. It doesn't have oh, to be for I web. See. Oh, sorry. I got I picked up the completely wrong <laughs> end of what you were no, saying. No, it's absolutely assembly. It is some form of assembly VM oh. format, just like the JVM used to be. But it's not necessarily tied to web. Right. It is I right get you now, now. But I mean, we have yes. Node. Which is not necessarily web. It's just Doesn't you can't have them in Node. And you can have a lot of the sort of the, the, the you know smaller devices that are running sort of really like yeah. small versions of JavaScript or maybe not JavaScript at all that would run WebAssembly. So I'm actually curious ah. to see if these. So this one project is called Nebulet. Nebulet. Who knows? It's Nebulet. it's the microkernel written to run WebAssembly. Does anyone have a patent on Nebulet? <laughs> <laughs> It's all French. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to see that, because if if maybe it can be what the JVM tried to be, the whole compile once, run everywhere thing. Let's see. I'm, I'm actually, the more I work with it, the more I'm, on the one hand, getting excited about what WebAssembly brings to the web and what it allows us to do. On the other hand, oh. other hand, I realize how much work there's still left to do to actually make it a easy and good experience. But yeah. I think it's an easy task, right? Many and, and using MScript and feels it feels a bit rough and ready. If you create two inscriptor modules, there's going to be a decent amount of code repeated between yeah. the two. And it's, well, we haven't found a way to share it yet. No. It's so the, the, the tools are young, but what you can do with it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. All right, OK. So we'll put links to those like, projects. The, the, in my articles. And your, oh, yes, we'll put the links to your articles <laughs> as well. <laughs> Just you, to reiterate. You can barely tell this performance review time coming up again <laughs> at all. It was so satisfying to put this in there. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. So you know, I don't. I don't. I assume this is not leaking anything. But they ask us to put um, down the the big achievements that we've had over yeah. a time period, uh, and the deadlines coming up for that. Uh, but the time scale that we have to put the achievements for spans to the end of September, which is after the deadline that we have to provide them. <laughs> so you just yeah, just make it up for the rest of the month. Uh, probably. Yeah, I, I I did put projections in there. Like this yeah. will be published. Yeah, I, I mean, most of the stuff I do, I just end up stumbling into. So I don't know, I'll probably cure cancer by mistake. <laughs> like, I'll just mix two things together. I shouldn't mix together and go, oh, hang on, what's this done? <laughs> I don't know how I discovered that it killed cancer, but yeah, it's, it's, I'll put it, I'm going to put that down. I'm gonna, yeah, just mix some soy milk with detergent, and that's what kills cancer. <laughs> that's just how penicillin. Please don't try that at home. <laughs> Please. Oh, probably the, so the soy milk, your really hot chili pepper. 
Uh, yes, the uh, Carolina Ripper. Ripper? <laughs> Ripper. <laughs> Just continuing the French theme. <laughs> um, on, on that note, I had a massage. A massage? Um, a massage. <laughs> I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, and, and it was... I'm not entirely comfortable with the idea of human contact. I don't think it's right. <laughs> I mean, that it's not surprising considering you're already very vocal about not being a hugger. Yeah, not not a great hugger. I'll I I do it if necessary. Um, <laughs> but there's there is that sort of thing where um, there was definitely one of the the videos we did at I/O. I'm not going to name names, but you'll probably be able to see it on the video that one of the people we're interviewing is is uh, very fond of human contact. And all the way through, like he was like, you know, hey, I'll tell you what, Jake, here's what we're going to talk about. And he'd be like slapping my leg and my arm and my face. <laughs> he didn't slap my face. But just every time he did that, uh, an extra couple of percent of my brain was now devoted to just screaming internally. <laughs> so by the end of the episode, I was like, I don't know what's going on. I'm just like, stop it, stop it, stop it. Stop it. So yeah, I went for a massage. <laughs> I thought, let's see how that turns out. Um, it was okay. Oh, I feel I may have come out more stressed than I went in. What's well, not the point? Because there was a lot, a lot of small talk involved. Which I oh, that's you, yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's, it, 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 it really depends on the masseur, the masseur. Or, or the masseuse <laughs> that, <laughs> that you have. Because I, I, th some of them just don't get the hint. So I'm not a small talker. I hate it. Right. Both in in Uber or on the massage table, I just go like, hmm. Yeah, get the hint. I don't want to talk to you. Oh, and yeah, and just drive. Most slave. Most, most of them do. Most of them are like, come on. Or, or barbershop, also very talkative. I'm like, hmm. Oh, so that's the interesting. I, I'm okay. So barbershops. So in, in taxis, I've had some interesting chats in ta taxis. I've found, I've spoken to people who like used to be uh, Ministry of Sound DJ. Uh, oh. One guy. I was I had absolutely fascinating chat with him. The barber chat used to be really hard because the assumption is that I know something about football. <laughs> and I do not. <laughs> I have so. that as well. Oh, so you're German. You, you must like football. Who, which team are you supporting? I don't know. I don't know. So I'll say, oh, actually, I, I, uh, you know, the sport I watch, because you know, I finally <laughs> picked one <laughs> a long time without that. Is, I watch Formula One like, a lot, mate. And then it's silence. <laughs> but I've actually found out that now, Everyone binge watches TV series, so you just have to find the intersection between the TV viewing, oh, okay. and that's 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 really solved. Oh, that's things. a good recipe. Uh, I didn't do that in the massage. Um, no, I just I just kind of carried on the small talk. Um, yeah. I'm not against small talk. But I, I in a massage scenario, it, we've talked about introverts, extrovert thing. Yeah, I'm an introvert, so the small talk was definitely sort of using energy instead of um, yeah. Instead of relaxing, but my my favorite bit is like so. I've I've heard this as a cliche in like you know sort of massage places, spa places. They had the playlist on, which was songs you've heard before, but played through panpipes. <laughs> you know that sort of you're listening to. Yeah, that was like great. Kiss from a rose by Seal, but done entirely through panpipes or <laughs> or whatever that that kind of thing. Is it like pan flute? Is it? I thought so. Okay, <laughs> pan flutes. Fine, I'll go with that. With an F, by well, the way. Pan flute. <laughs> flutes. <laughs> it's really hard to do that. Um, but the, definitely the most stress arrived were, because they were using 
a YouTube playlist of these panpipe classics. Best but quality. The quality was was okay. I mean, like sound selection, uh, sa uh, track selection. Oh, uh, they, they found a playlist which was essentially just yeah, like here's some U2 song, but you know, done with the pan flute pipes. Right. Um, but the problem was they hadn't paid any kind of subscription for YouTube. So just as my heart will go on pan flute pipe version <laughs> was ending, and I was maybe starting to relax in despite the small talk, it was just like, are you spending too much on your car insurance? <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my god, I am. What do I do? <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry about that. I'll skip it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> we return to, I don't know, enter the wow. Sandman played on the pan flutes again. That's but Yeah, that's not how you're supposed to do it. Yeah, I, I'm, 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 I remain skeptical <laughs> that massages are for me. It's, it's like, yeah. I've, I've learned to kind of enjoy them in a weird way, in a masochistic kind of way, because like they hurt you. Yes. And on the next day, you hurt yes. even more. Yes. But for some reason, after that, for example, I have more stamina next day in the gym. Oh, it, oh. oh it's just super weird. Science or placebo. Or I don't know. But, but the the there was definitely uh, like, yeah. Is it, is it your belief in yourself that's powering you, or is it? No, I just feel like I have muscles. There. I feel like there were like half of my muscles were just able because they were so tense and. Knot it up, and then dude comes in and goes like, <laughs> and just presses all the knots out of your muscles, and then you yeah. suffer for another day, and then it's like, <laughs> Hulk is back. <laughs> Hulk is back. I mean, have, That's you, your have you seen space. my bicep? This is like <laughs> made of steel. Made of soy, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so, but then, yeah, she like really went to town on my back, and and I think I showed some discomfort, and she's like. I'm sorry. Is, is this is this too hard? And you know, toxic masculinity kicked in. No, it's like, great. I'm fine. <laughs> this is lovely. <laughs> I think I really was like, you know, making myself have a bad time there. I think it was mostly my yeah. fault. <laughs> maybe we should try it again now with knowing what to expect and <laughs> yeah, maybe give it another go. Oh. So, we should talk about the web. <laughs> yeah, we should. Um, I had to bring some of my old slides back from the dead, as I, I talked about. Like, my mm -hmm. a, a 2016 talk gave that recently, because it was explicitly requested. Um, and some of my slides were broken. Oh, no. I had, like, uh, a sort of a thing in SVG that span around. Like and a spinner. Like a spinner. It was a cog spinning around, but it was spinning around. Uh, uh, and now... It was just sort of going for a, a wander around the page. Um, uh, so, like the the origin of the rotation had changed. The origin of the rotation had changed. And Why is, did we break the web? Um, yes. Well, in my case, yes, yes, we did. Uh, it turns out I didn't matter enough. I didn't <laughs> register enough on the statistics to to worry about. Um, but I was relying on technically a bug in Chrome. So you are to blame. I kind of. I don't know. I didn't. I don't know if I knew I was relying on a bug in Chrome at the time. It's still my. It's still my ignorance. I suppose. Fine. Fine. It's my fine. Thing. Fine. Okay. Um, and so, if you've got an HTML element, mm -hmm. and you spin it around mm -hmm. with a transform origin of, well, I guess the default, right? Fifty-fifty. Fifty-fifty. Mm -hmm. It kind of spins around the. We should be complete here. Yeah, the fifty percent. So the in the middle. The, by default, the 
transform origin is in the middle of the border box. I think elements? it's the painted area, maybe. Is that um, a thing that exists? As like. Yeah, no, yes, no. I, I would say yes, border no. box. Border box. OK. But I'm not sure. Tweet at us if you know. know the answer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have to go and look that up. Um, and whereas in SVG, the, the default transform origin, I think, is 0, 0. Um, SVG. <laughs> but, but this is where it starts getting weird. Is the, the transform origin sort of differs from, like, so if you do, it, it's 0, 0, but not to the element. It's to the SVG element. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, I think, yes, now that you say that, that might be true. But if you did transform origin 50%, 50%, Chrome would put it in the middle of the painted element, like the, the, the individual the SVG individual yes thing, not the SVG view box. So thing. if you wanted the, the cog to spin around the center, transform origin 50%, 50%, rotate, would rotate. Do the thing you'd expect. Okay, and everything works. Um, what if I do transform origin zero zero? Oh, that would be the top left of the SVG. Yeah, it was a bit weird. Like percent behave differently uh, to zero percent. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I mean, it's, I, it's it's apparently not working so now like, anyway. Yeah. Anymore. So and it could be that my memory's off there because I say that that is in the past. Mm -hmm. Chrome fixed itself. <laughs> Thanks, Chrome, uh, to behave <laughs> like Firefox was behaving, which was according to the spec. Like the transform origin is always the SVG top left, the SVG element. Uh, the parent so SVG that elements. makes me it reinforces the whole notion that SVG elements have this coordinate system yes. that you work on, and every element works relative to that coordinate system. Yes. Okay. Exactly that. Um, and the fix is this relatively new CSS property called transform box. Mm -hmm. And that takes <laughs> that was a very mm -hmm. sweet mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. interesting transform box. <laughs> Here we go. I'm going to do the rest of the episode <laughs> in Mickey Mouse voice. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. Um, and the values it has is border box, fill box, and view box. So the idea is okay. Like view box. This is a property on a SV. It's SV. It's it's CSS. So it's on all elements. Okay. Okay. Um, including. What do you call HTML. the things inside an SVG element? Uh, the SVG elements, <laughs> because well, we call a paragraph an HTML element, and that's no. But, but how do we distinguish between a SVG, the, the boundary towards Ooh. an SVG thing, and the things that you can use inside I SVG? See. Let's go with object. Uh, uh, let's go for SVG roots or okay. HTML roots. Mm -hmm. So we have SVG elements that are inside an SVG root. Yeah, let's, let's do that. Uh, let's yeah. look, okay, okay, okay. okay. Um, yeah, so the, the, the default for SVG is view box. Yes. Which is essentially the parent yes. view, SVG view. Um, whereas the default for HTML is, well, I thought it was fill box, but now you've got me thinking. Um, One of the two. It's either border box or fill box. I, I didn't I know that fill box is a thing, so you might very well be right. I didn't know that we ever had the notion of the region that is painted as something that you can work on. Yeah, I, I, but I am thinking it's border box now, because I think it might be the same as what's created by um, uh, bounding client rect. Do we have know? fill box somewhere else? Um, I think so. We, yeah, we, do, we do have it for, I not think, for point, site. We have the pointer events, I think. Huh. Pointer events in SVG. So basically, fill box could differ from the border box with like masks. Things escaping outside or things. So I, I think you're right, actually. I think HTML probably uses border box because um, so pointer events in SVG, if you have a hover, 
you can have the hover be to the painted area. And that, I mean, so if there's a hall make, in the middle. It makes sense because you yeah. want to make it to the visual representation of the element, right? Well, sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. So sure. this, this was a huge problem in Flash uh, in oh, the olden days. Again. Yeah, <laughs> tales from my <laughs> days as a Flash developer. A lot of people would make this mistake where they would have a, a button, uh, and the thing that they the, the thing they defined as a button would be uh, I'm getting the hang of it would be the button text, and oh. that meant the hover area you could was only the click on it. Yeah, and if it was a, a really thin font. Uh, oh, well th done. Thin font. <laughs> thin font. It, it was really difficult to yeah, click and on. Like, and I remember those buggy flash where you had like. So with pointer events in uh, SVG, you can define it as being the, the border box, like essentially the sort of yeah. layout box or the painted area. So just, just, just a quick question. Would outline be part of the, paint, the fill box? Ooh, probably not, because it's outside the border box. Oh, it would be, be in the fill box. Uh, yeah, but it, so all that um, would be part of the fill box. Yeah, interesting. Hmm. I think. Yeah, maybe. I think. <laughs> I was going to give up. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so so is this? Um, so now you have control over how this works. Yes. So if you want but to, Chrome change its default, which is exactly. your thing. Yes, but now that's supported. Uh, you know, transform box is supported in Safari, in Firefox, and in Chrome. Uh, not Edge, unfortunately. Yeah. So if you want to spin around the center of something, so I used to always my hack was to you, you use transforms to get the the thing back into zero zero, do the rotation and then, and then do the reverse yeah. really, which is a pain. Um, someone on Twitter came up with a much better way. Uh, Fabian Grundel, Grundel, go and help me out. Help me with the Fabian Grundel. Grundel. Huh? Do you know where he's from? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I looked at the paper again. I definitely didn't. I don't want to assume he's German just because of the name. Yes, so, well, he's got a number. But it, it's a very German-looking name, at least. I remember my French teacher being very disappointed in me when, like, she looked at some of the French I'd written and she went, "Jet, you've missed out all of the accents and like, you know, additional punctuation." And my excuse was, I went, "Well, that was on purpose because I'm worried they might fall off and cause unnecessary punctuation." <laughs> And she, she didn't buy this as an <laughs> excuse. <laughs> Valiant try. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so Fabian's uh, solution is because you can have SVG in SVG. Yeah? I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can have SVG in SVG. Because you. <laughs> so the rest of the podcast now, you're just going to do a high pitched. But anything I say. That's what you sounded like. Here's a. <laughs> <laughs> it's a director's commentary, but for like aliens. That's Mars Attacks. I know. What a great film. Fabian, <laughs> back to Fabian. Um, you, can, you, put, you can put SVG in SVG, mm -hmm. and it, it's its own view box then. Yeah, so you can basically just do a relative coordinate system. So you can do a relative coordinate system, rotate the thing inside, and then the extra transforms on the thing outside. Problem solved. There's, there's it all fixed. <laughs> I like that. It's, that was, it's that yeah. Good. I mean, that's probably not even that bad of a solution. It looks a bit icky in the markup, I guess, mm. but um, it really solves the problem. Yeah, well done. It really solves the problem. So you, you've just been in Zurich at a conference. Yes. Um, probably hung out with all the attendees. Mm -hmm. Have you ever had these awkward moments where you just go to the urinal and you meet attendees who then you can basically <laughs> see them going back and forth? Should I talk to them? Because there's one. If there's one. Unwritten rule about urinals: it's you don't talk. 
I, I would agree. I, I, before you carry on, <laughs> I'm going to go on a tangent already. Because at, at Zurich, right? Yeah. I, I went. Uh, I went for. So they they had these posters around the venue. Okay. Advertising sort of the event. They had like sort of quotes. They were advertising the event you're already at. Yeah, that's a bit weird. I <laughs> presume they maybe used these posters elsewhere as well. Um, but they had like the event name and maybe a quote, and they had like the name of the speaker and they had sort of a picture of of the speaker. Um, ten out of ten would speak again. It's, yeah, yeah. It was that was <laughs> you know it was nice seeing people's faces. You know. But I I you know, shortly before my talk I went for my pre-talk purge, <laughs> where it's it's my mission to get rid of everything from inside of my body, because then it can't come out when I least expect it. On so stage. I, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so I was sat on the loo, and I looked up to my face, <laughs> <laughs> staring back at me. And I was like, was it at least a oh, hey, bro. <laughs> Was it at least a recent picture? Or was it like young Jake? It was a little bit younger Jake. I was like, looking good. <laughs> looking better than now. <laughs> Not just because you're on the toilet right now either. But That's really weird. It was weird. Uh, yeah. So, but yes, you, urine, people talking at urinals, not allowed. Is not allowed. Absolutely yep. frowned upon. Yeah. Um, I, so I, get, I, get, yeah, I get shy bladder. Um, nothing, nothing's going to come out. No. I, I, yep. it's, it's hard work. Yeah. So this is not a little older story, but it happened at I.O. Mm. Um, so I was just you know, going to the urinal, because yeah. that's sometimes what you need to do. It is, absolutely, especially when you need a week. And nobody was there. <laughs> I was very glad about that, so I just went to the, the urinal. Off you go. Unzipped it, my thing. Good, good first and step. And then someone <laughs> Don't ever forget that step. <laughs> <laughs> Been there, done that. If that <laughs> happens, it's valid for the person to talk to you and yeah. tell you what's Mate. going on. Mate, you <laughs> forgot the first step. <laughs> Um, somebody came in, which is fine. There's multiple urinals. That's okay. He broke the second rule. Mm -hmm. No, he broke the first rule actually first. He said, "Hi, Surma." Yeah. And okay. I was like, first rule broken. Hi, and just that's it because I didn't want to be unfriendly. Usually, I'm super happy for people to talk to me. Yeah. Not when I'm at the urinal. No. Um, then he broke the second rule. There were three urinals. I was at the very left one. He used the same one you were he using. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's 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 just. <laughs> That's just assault. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. He used the one next to me, yes, even though there one. was the opportunity to leave a gap. Yeah, you always leave the gap. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Right? Mind the gap. Yeah. So, so he stood next to me. He unzipped. Mm -hmm. He started doing his thing. Yep. And then he broke a rule that I didn't even know had to exist, but apparently it did need to exist because he reached over and offered his hand for me to shake. After unzipping. What? So we're mid flow. We are mid-flow. And no. Well, hang on. Whoa. No. This is, no. None of this is OK. None of it is OK. And the thing is, I don't know why, but my brain just went into panic what is happening mode. I was so perplexed. I was like, OK. Hello. Hope, hope you're enjoying I.O. And so I just then zipped up and washed my hands religiously. For <laughs> And and, but you're still holding hands at the time. <laughs> you're having to, you're having to pull his hand under the table. Like, okay, let's watch together. It, it was honestly one of the most <laughs> friends awkward. can be clean together. <laughs> yeah, that's. So the, I'm, I'm, I don't know who he was. He, I guess he was just really excited. But for all the listeners, don't. I don't. feel, I feel like he, he knows you better than I do now. <laughs> we've never, we've never done that. No. <laughs> 
That's absolutely terrifying. And I was, it, no. I was very confused <laughs> after. Luckily, it did, I didn't have a talk, and I, we already filmed all our stuff. So oh, I, so you were like, I, I, I was scarred, but I could just roll up, sit in, in a hotel position room. at home, <laughs> rock in the corner, and go like. <laughs> yeah, that's not okay. That is not okay. There's no. I don't think there's any culture where that is okay. Where that happens, like not okay. Oh, not okay. In summary, not okay. Where Rob Dodson went somewhere, I don't remember where. Where they said the the stalls where he went don't have walls. You just sit with other people. Oh, that was me and Paul Kinlan. Oh, yeah, we were Rob Dodson as well, I think. But okay. oh, I mean, yeah, we we experienced this in um, a, a kind of small backstreet bar in uh, in Seoul in South Korea. Oh, South and yeah, just it was just three toilets in a row. And, and that was a point where I was like, we were sort of, you know, because I'm used to being at Urinals next to each other, but because this was a toilet, it felt very weird. And I was like, Paul, do we high five? I don't know what we do now. <laughs> like, what's, what's the etiquette in this situation? So I, put, I suppose I broke a series of rules there, but really, I think the rules were thrown out the window by that point. Yeah, if you don't put in walls, then it's like free for all. Yeah. Really. <laughs> Actually, the, the, the awful part of that was, as we were walking into the room, like I, I kind of opened the door, and the door didn't open all the way, like just the door into the bathroom. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this, this door is not opening properly. I wonder why. And, and as I sort of like squeezed in, behind the door, there was a guy sat on the toilet, and I'd just been like wrecking his kneecap. <laughs> He's very polite. Wait, so there's, there's doors in front of the three non-walled off. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. They weren't just in the street. <laughs> oh, that's like the bathroom. Like, yeah, but they were so close to the actual. Yeah, it was oh, just okay. it was just all there was room for is a row of free toilets. Yeah, so all differences. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it, was, it was news to me. So we should talk about, about the web, the web. <laughs> quickly. Go. <laughs> um, I've been reading an article. Uh, well, I, okay. So I, I, I was involved very roughly at the start of this API, but I didn't have time to do anything meaningful to it. Uh, I'm doing That's just saying, a career, mate. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying that at the start, it seems like it lends me some credibility, but it really doesn't. Uh, but um, Phil Walton has sort of been involved from this, with this from the start, and he wrote uh, an article um, that we'll link to as well. Uh, this is the Page Lifecycle API. Oh, yes. This is a, a new thing that dropped in Chrome 68. Very exciting. I think it's exciting. OK. So, What is it? Give me the TLDR. Well, OK. On mobile, this is not going to be TLDR. This is going to be long. <laughs> Is, I want to tease um, it that, that you know makes it like an appetizer okay, I'll, I'll, for the audience I'll, to keep listening. I'll, I'll give it, a, I'll give it a go. It's like, okay, in like a movie trailer. <laughs> one thing. tab, it's, one it, desire. It's, we don't have enough memory for all these tabs. It doesn't matter. We don't need all the tabs. <laughs> Coming soon to a browser <laughs> near you. The Page Lifecycle API. <laughs> Is that good? Thank you very much. Okay, <laughs> thank you. That's going to be the Twitter teaser. Um, so, pages can be torn down, right? Yep. Like on mobile, there's not enough memory. And they often are. Yeah, uh, on mobile, you go away from the browser. The second you pages think, go away, so is that the whole browser you go away goes from away. the browser or just different tab already? Different know. tabs as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If you go to a different tab, I have like I'm gonna type something in. Oh, I need to look up what the code was on the other tab. Go back, go back. Everything is gone. No. Exactly, and it's it, like so. It's it's worse on devices with less memory. Mm. If you've got a bit more memory, it's better. But I think by default, if a tab's not being used for five minutes on Android, we get rid. Okay. Um, other mobile platforms do exactly the, the same thing, right? Yeah. Like it's you know phones have less memory, um, so it's kind of like can we get that into the spec somehow? Can we do the mm. sensible thing? So the current state of things is like that. We can think of a page having like an active state and a passive state. This exists already. Mm -hmm. Active is 
you're using that page. Yep. You're clicking around. You're doing stuff. Brilliant. It's like, and then passive is, it's blurred. You've got you lost focus. You've lost focus. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's what we call the passive state. And you, okay, you, you sure. get events for that. You've had events for that for ages. On focus, blur. blur. Yeah. yeah. On, <laughs> on focus, on blur. Brilliant. So these are only per, because these are also on input elements, right? Like when an individual input element gets focus, sure, literally the code is in there. But that's also document level focus and blur. Exactly. Okay. Yes. Um, and so when it's in a passive state, it could still, you know, it could still run JavaScript and stuff. Yeah. Because right? that's your set you time know. out rasp. Yeah. Some things might be reduced. They tend not to be too much because yeah. it's still visible. Like it could be on your second monitor. Uh, you're in a yes, so we're not so talking mobile here exclusively. It's we're talking about both mobile and desktop. Yes, but I mean, in with phones that have split screen view, you could still mm. have this this sort True. of style thing. Um, and then the next state is hidden. Oh, that's visibility API, isn't it? Visibility API. So you've got the visibility change event, and this is when you switch to another tab. Um, that's not on desktop actually detect occlusion as well. Do you know what? I knew you were going to ask this, so I tested it, and it does not. Cool. But it, do you know that the browser browsers could do that? Like yeah. That would be a valid thing to do. Mm -hmm. What they do, or the ones I tested anyway, which is uh, browsers on Mac, Firefox, uh, Safari, and Chrome. I should remember that last one. If you <laughs> if you switch desktops, it ah. will visibility hidden because it's it's hidden. Full right? screen? But, um, or also on workspace to workspace. So full I gotcha. I didn't test that. Well, yeah, I didn't test full screen, but I presume <laughs> it would work because it's still yeah. going onto a desktop that's yeah. now out of view. So you get events for that as well. And then you can go from hidden to like terminated, right? And that's you close a tab, it's going to go through those phases. And it, and it is a sort of mostly a line, right? You, you can go yeah, from it's like a active and passive and back. You can go from passive to hidden and back. You can go from hidden to terminated. You can't go back from that one. but True, but you can't go from hidden to active. Active in one step. There has to be the URL visible step in between. So it's like a nice hierarchy of states that you can be in. Exactly. And saying that you can't go from active to terminated, uh, except if you, except you can. I think on mobile <laughs> you can, and that's like if the browser goes out of memory. If a tab crashes, of course, yeah, you've gone from active to terminated. Like, but mostly it's it's a nice linear yeah. system. New bits from the hidden so what's states. Missing? Like, why why are we doing new bits? Well, so. Because you want to hook into these. That's and we have a couple of events. So we want this new state called frozen. Okay. And this is where you've got like, we want to start turning off timers. We want to start like, essentially like set timeout timers. We want to stop the page running. Okay. But Not we want to be able to yeah we want to be able to bring back. It's still going to use memory. Mm -hmm. um, or I mean I suppose you could write that memory to disk. I as guess long as you, bring I guess it back. you want to freeze it. That would be a good name for it. Yes, <laughs> exactly. So this is the new state. And it's also what browsers that have a back-forward page cache are oh, going BF to use cache. to define mm, the BF yeah. cache. Um, so yeah, it's called frozen. And then so you'll get a, a frozen event when it goes mm. from hidden to frozen, and a resume event when it goes from frozen okay. to hidden. And the new another new state, from frozen, it can go to discarded. OK. And this is specifically for that we've, you know, it's gone, but there might still be UI representing it. And this is what you have on mobile, because although oh, we get this is the Android thing where they basically save the, the, the screenshot, more or less, yeah. of the app so you can swipe through. But if you actually activate it, it actually has to boot up. Exactly. And, and so yeah, you know, Android, the, the browser goes out of memory. You open it up. All those tabs are there. Some of them, like through screenshots, try and pretend that they're still active. OK. Uh, but like, they're not. They're going to do a full reload. So you know, this is like a new. 
thing. You've, you've got events for all of these, including these new ones. So all of these, and the, the old ones as well, you said are events. Yeah, 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 they're all events. So can I prevent default then? And be like, no, I don't want you to suspend me. You may not. Oh. No, none of, like you can react to them, but none of, you can't control any of them. Oh, that's interesting. So you say I can react to them. So there's like a grace period where I'm still allowed to run code before the actual freezing or whatever happens. So the recommendation is on hidden, mm -hmm. when you get into the hidden stage, which is like you know, use the visibility change to pick that up, save any data that you. Like to IDB or whatever. To IDB or whatever. Um, and when, it, when you get the freeze event, you have the length of that event. Really synchronously. So no async. Uh, I, I, there might be a grace period, but you really, for safety, would treat that, that as. Would be a great use case for like prevent uh, for, for wait, until, wait until. Yeah, that was that was discussed, but I don't think anyone could agree on what the time should be. Mm. And like yeah. there was worries about like people would just use it to keep the page alive or something like that. Yeah. Okay. Fair. Uh, I mean, that might still happen in some ways because like you know heuristics like if sound is playing, it's not going to freeze a tab, so you get that. Hack oh, where play yeah. an empty sound and you use everyone's battery, but you get to stay alive. <laughs> um, so yeah, but on on freeze you get that that length of time. And this is like a, an API which I've not used in ages comes into play, uh, and that's session storage. Ooh. So there's a bit of special behavior here, and I'm I was looking at the spec versus the like this doesn't seem well written in the spec it's, it's kind of as an example mm -hmm. um, but the the suggestion is that if a tab is discarded so the page is essentially unloaded it's gone yep. you've still got the tab there and when you click back to it it's going to reload okay session storage will persist because the tab is still there but if i close the tab and then command shift t reopen yeah. it, that will be then wiping it's gone. them mm. so it's it's a nice safe place to put data that's you know for maybe legal reasons or for usability reasons that you don't think should persist like beyond the life yeah. of the tab, but it will persist beyond discarding. And there's, once the page reloads, there is document dot was discarded. Oh, for you to true. know if you're being restored or actually being loaded completely so, fresh. So that might be your okay. signal for um, like going into Check session storage. Because mm. we, we've had okay. a, we've. Talked about this with because um, we're building this this image encoding app thing. Are we? Yeah, <laughs> that's why. Does it show? Every episode we're talking about like image compression or WASM or something. <laughs> it's, it's basically the same episode over and over again these days. Um, but we were trying to decide if like you know if the user closes the tab to the app and they go back to it, you know we could using web storage like show them put the app into the same state it was before. Mm -hmm. And it's I've always been really. Unsure about that because it depends on the app, but in this app, it seems unexpected, I guess. Right, because I I think one of the you know the benefits of doing something like image compression on the client is you can say like we're not sending it to the server yeah. or anything. This is fine to use for private data. But the problem is someone puts like a you know a sensitive image into the app, close the app, and then you know. They yeah. give their laptop to someone else or something, or they open it like on stage, and suddenly there's um, let's let's say. A receipt with important yeah, yeah, information. Yeah, no, no, like, not, not nudes. Not, not nudes, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but with this, this sounds like a, a good way of doing it, right? Like this, yeah. this being able to. Now you have a proper semantic, like when to check what you stored. And because it seems understandable that like, if there's a tab still there, it's understanding from a yeah. user's perspective that if they go back to that tab, it, it should be in the same state as they left yeah, it. That's in exactly. fact, it's almost unexpected to the opposite. Look at session storage ever, I think. Is it synchronous like local storage? Yep. It's the same, same kind of API. Um, the 
the benefit of it in legal terms, I think, is that the storage is held in memory. Yeah. And I think in in certain circumstances, rules but change once that goes on to disk. Yeah. Um, so and if you, you yeah. and, and other, I think historically you would be using cookies or something, but that would actually go onto the network. You don't want that. So right, and that's on disk as well. Yeah. And, so and yes, on the so network. So yeah, it's maybe it, we should use session server for one of the next speed runs, microtasks. Whatever. Yeah, writing. yeah, <laughs> it's, it'll be fun. Like, it's, I, I, mean, it's, I think it's just local storage. So, right? so lifecycle API. You said it's in Chrome sixty eight. Chrome sixty eight. There's some nice debugging tools. If you go to Chrome colon discards, oh. um, there's a, a nice little API there where you can put pages into certain states. Because oh. we have ambitions to do this on desktop. Yeah, as well. I would hope so. Because you, I mean, I don't know about the amount of tabs you have. I have many of them. And I have yep. the great suspender because I have so many tabs, and they all stay active, right? So I have a Chrome extension that puts them oh, to sleep. puts them to sleep, right. So if, so if I cannot have to have an extension, but rather Chrome do it itself, I'm all for that. And it's it you know good for memory as well, because yeah. you know, that stuff's. But this is, yeah. just to be clear, this is a standard, right? Yes, this is a yeah, web standard. Uh, it's on the YCG page lifecycle. Yeah, it's. It, you know things like back forward cache have been built into it, so it's not just with Chrome in mind; it's with yeah. uh, other browsers as well. Um, cool. Let's say we have you know, Safari and Firefox have the back forward cache. Yeah, I I, th I think it's really good. I think it's it's not just good for mobile. I think it's going to be good for desktop down the line as well. Cool. Um, the, I I I I think that was enough web for me. Yeah, we've been going a long time. Well, should, should we? Because the last podcast was a little bit. It was shorter, short. It was quite short, wasn't it? Because we did, we did, fill, we did record for an hour, but it turned out uh, one of the, you know, after we researched it a little bit more, some of the stuff you said turned out to be incredibly racist. <laughs> <laughs> wrong. I think you made it wrong. Wrong. Yes, sorry. It was wrong. Yes, no. It was, we, we we had some. We, we we did. We talked about. It was a really interesting chat about um, sort of browser supports um, and legacy. And legacy. But I, we said too many things about Edge that turned out to be not true <laughs> and too difficult to edit out. So um, I'd just rather cut it. So Maybe we'll do it again at some point, but for yeah. now. Yeah. Um, I, I, it's a mystery. You'll never find out what it was. Yeah, we'll never do it again. It, would be, it wouldn't be as off the cuff <laughs> realistic <laughs> as this is. Well, uh, I guess. Um, I, I, uh, on that front, like um, when we did our episode about, a video episode about for loops. Um, we had to retake the, uh, the the shot from above, the one on yeah. the screen, because uh, the camera wasn't entirely in focus. And I think it's noticeable. Uh, Only if you know it, though. Because you can sort of tell, well, once my, my hand sort of jumps around a little bit, because I, I didn't do it exactly the same. But I feel like I'm kind of embellishing some of the gestures. You, you do that all that. It's so cool. Like, and then it's like, ah, I'm presenting. Oh, here we go. <laughs> like some jazz hands going on <laughs> that I definitely didn't do first. Anyway, we've definitely talked enough. Right. All right. Well, Until then, next time. Until next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.